الله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمد الشاكرين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد طب القلوب ودوائها ونور الأبصار وضيائها وعافية الأبدان وشفائها Last week we started Surah Al-Fatiha from A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim We reached Maliki Yawmiddin Surah Al-Fatiha with regard to Surah Al-Fatiha it is stated that all the ulum is within Surah Al-Fatiha what this entails that ilm al tawhid entailing ilm asma'illahi wa sifatihi knowledge of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his divine attributes wa ahkamillah the knowledge of the legal judgments legal rulings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ilm Al-Mushahada, which is knowledge of what? أن تعبد الله كأنك تراه فإن لم تكن تراه فإن هو يراك that you worship Allah as if, as if you observe him and if you do not observe him then know that he observes you. All of this knowledge is found in Surah Al-Fatiha. From the beginning when the person is muqir, he affirms الحمد لله رب العالمين he affirms firstly إلى ألوهية بالله سبحانه وتعالى by saying all praise is to Allah, Lord of the universes. Rabbil Alameen, by affirming Rabubiyah, he affirms that there is a Lord who nurtures all the universes, all the variant universes that we observe. Uluhiyah is acknowledging that there is someone who has created you, but has also given you a manhaj, a way of life. Rabubiyah is acknowledging what? Acknowledging that there is someone who nurtures you at every stage. From Alm al-Arwah, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Alastu bi rabbikum, am I not your Lord? And the souls responded by saying, Qalu bala, by responding with, of course, from that time until today, we are being nurtured by Rabbil Alameen, Lord of the universes. So we acknowledge that there is an ilah, who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is described as Rabbil Alameen, and then we affirm his sifat, his attributes, Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. Even though previously we affirm these attributes in the Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, then we affirm them again with additional meanings and subtleties that are understood as Ar-Rahmanir Rahim. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. Ar-Rahman is linked to Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin, as if to say that you feel the effects of Ar-Rahman in the dunya. Because when you acknowledge that there is Allah who is Rabbul Alameen, that you acknowledge that the effects of Ar-Rahman are felt in this dunya. And then Ar-Rahim is before Maliki Yawmiddin, as if to say that the effects of Ar-Rahim will be felt on the Day of Judgment, Maliki Yawmiddin. Then by acknowledging Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim, it is as if we acknowledge the fact that we are sinners and we have weakness and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will engulf us with his rahmah both in the dunya and in the akhirah. So when a person acknowledges firstly, he acknowledges Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is understanding maqamu tawheed. He knows that there is a creator created him. 
when he says Rabbil Alameen, he knows this creator nourishes him and nourishes the entire universe. And then he becomes mutasharri' meaning he adopts the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but he needs to do tawbah from all his sins. So he acknowledges Ar-Rahman and then he prepares for the Akhirah and he acknowledges Ar-Rahim. Because remember the distinction between Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. One distinction was that Ar-Rahman, the effect of the Sifatul Rahman is Jala'ilu Ni'am, the, the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we feel in this dunya, the major favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those favors which are what? Outward and that we can never deny. Then Ar-Rahim, the effect of Ar-Rahim is what? The subtle favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. When we acknowledge these two things, we do tawbah in the dunya and we prepare for the hereafter. When we prepare for the hereafter, it's what? Muhasaba. Muhasaba is what? That hasibu anfusakum qabla an tuhasabu. Hasibu anfusakum. Take muhasaba accountability before you are taken to account. So we affirm ar-Rahim that on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa taala, the effect of His divine mercy will be felt on which day Maliki yawmiddin, the master of the day of judgment. And this is where we stop. The meaning of Malik, the qira'a, qira'atan, two ways of reciting. One was Maliki yawmiddin, and one was Maliki yawmiddin. If we take the meaning of Maliki yawmiddin. The meaning would mean the king of the day of judgment, meaning the kingdom which human beings have on earth is a limited kingdom. Their kingdom is limited, but the haqiqi, the real king is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we recite Maliki, Maliki, Yawmiddin, the king of the day of judgment. The limitation of the kings of the earth is such that if the king of a uh, king on earth intends dhul, if he intends to do dhulm, oppression, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala limits his kingdom. Like what is mentioned, a king in the time just before the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, while on one of his expeditions, he entered a garden in which pomegranates were growing. When he entered the garden, the young boy who worked in the garden served him a pomegranate the king ate from the pomegranate and the pomegranate was full of water, meaning it was juicy and sweet. Then the king intended to take the garden by force because he realized that the pomegranates are sweet. So he said, hand over another pomegranate. So the young man offered, offered him another pomegranate. When he took a bite, it was bitter and dry. So he said, why was the previous pomegranate different? to the pomegranate that you have offered me. And the young man said, perhaps his royal highness intends to take the garden by force. Meaning what? He intends to do dhulm, to oppress. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removed the barakah, the blessings from the garden and the pomegranate. So then he changed his intention. And when he rectified his intention, he demanded another pomegranate and the third pomegranate was sweet again. The Message of this story is what? That the kings of the earth, the rulers of the earth, when they intend al adl justice and rahmah, mercy, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses their rule. But when they intend a dhulm, oppression, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes the barakat from their rule.
Maliki Yawmiddin, the difference between Maliki Yawmiddin and Maliki Yawmiddin, Malik is the one who possesses everything. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who possesses everything, everything belongs to him. Everything is in the milk of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is the milk of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Everything which he has created. Therefore oppression can never be ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot be described as being dhalam, the one who does wrong to his servants, simply because the very meaning of oppression is what? At-tasarruf fi milkil ghayr, which is what? Undertakings in the possession of someone else. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot uh, be ascribed with a dhul because everything belongs to him. While the very meaning of dhul is doing something to the property or the soul or the person, or anything belonging to someone else. This cannot be ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Additionally, the word mulk and malakut. Al-mulk is the kingdom we observe. Everything we observe around us is al-mulk. Al-malakut is that which is hidden from us, what we refer to as the metaphysical realm. So, for instance, you observe a rock, there is a sakhr, a rock. When we observe the rock, the rock outwardly, this is the form of the mulk. The malakut is the secret which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in the rock, which forms it as such as being a rock. So the malakut is the hidden realms of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some people observe this at the time of death, when the soul is taken and extracted, and the soul finally leaves from the top of the head, when the soul will leave, and this is why the eyes roll upwards. When the soul finally leaves, the person sees the malakut of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The more free the soul is, the more of the malakut the soul will see. The more imprisoned the soul is, the soul will be limited by the angels. And of course, the souls of the disbelievers are placed in the sijin, while the souls of the believers are placed in the iliyun. So, Maliki Yawmiddin. Then we reach, As if to say, when a person, he acknowledges that there is an ilah, meaning Allah, then he acknowledges that this ilah is Rabbil Alameen, he acknowledges the sifat of that ilah, ar-Rahman and ar-Rahim. Then he acknowledges there is yawm al-Hisab. He acknowledges Maliki yawm al-Din. Then he seeks his help. na'budu. We only worship you. That ubudiyah, what is ubudiyah? Ibadah is worship. So when we want to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, firstly, we seek knowledge not for riya, not for ostentation, solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, when we pray five times a day, we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we ask for al-khushu' and al-khudu', which is what? Humility and submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember, al-khushu' is the first inward knowledge that will be removed from the ummah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The first outward knowledge that will be removed from the Ummah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Wasallam is Ilmul Mirath, the outward knowledge. And the first inward knowledge that will be removed is Al Khushur, humility and stillness and calmness in the prayer. That the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Wasallam said that a person will enter the masjid and he will not see a single khashi' a person who has humility and is still and calm in the prayer. And this is the state that when people enter some of these masajid, 
There are people playing with the phones. There are people moving around in the prayer. They cannot stay still and they cannot stay calm. So, we worship only you entails when we pray our salah, we have khashur in the salah. When we give sadaqat and zakat, we have no minna. What is minna? That when you give a sadaqah to someone, when giving the sadaqah to the zakat, afterwards you do not mention it as a favor. Some people, they give sadaqah and they expect the person they have given the sadaqah to, to say thank you. This removes the reward. So if you give a sadaqah to someone, it removes the reward if you expect them to say thank you. When you give sadaqah and zakat, you should not expect minna, which is acknowledgement of a favor that you have done. You do not see zakat as a favor. You are doing an act of ibadah. Similarly, some people, unfortunately, when they go from Britain to places like Palestine, they haggle with the people, the local Palestinians on a small amount of money. This should not be done because you are going to a place where the Muslims are occupied. You should be paying them for what they ask. And they haggle them only for a small amount, for a pound or two pounds. So they will, will pay 40 pounds for something, but they will haggle the shopkeeper for two pounds. And then they will dispute with the shopkeeper over the two pounds that they have given. So we should avoid this khuluq, this, uh, uh, this type of akhlaq mannerism, that when you go to a Muslim country, haggling for a small amount. In one narration, it states, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu cursed Ad-Daniq wal-Mutadaniq. Ad-Daniq is someone who fights over one-sixth of a dirham. One-sixth of a dirham. Ad-Daniq wal-Mutadaniq. You do not haggle over small amounts. So some people, they go to a shop, they haggle over two pound, three pound, five pound. The haggling is over large amounts. When you buy something in large amounts and you haggle over with fellow traders, not with poor shopkeepers in Palestine where the Zionists are already attempting to buy them out, attempting to remove them from the shops. In fact, you should, when you go to those places, you should be giving more money to those people because their very staying in the shop is jihad in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, when you do ibadah, when you do hajj, a person is free from what? Riyah. That they do not do uh, hajj with the riyah. So when we say, We only worship you. The ibadah should be khalis for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, when a person goes into ghazwa, jihad in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he does not have sum'ah where he's doing this for riyah, for ostentation. So people say he's a brave man, he has gone to jihad. The ibadah should be done solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we say, What does ibadah mean? Ibadah is the, the humility, the maximum humility demonstrated and shown for anyone. Maximum humility is only shown for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The ibadah has three forms. What are the three forms? That when a person does qiyam, he stands in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his hands folded. This is first humility. Second state of humility is what? Rukur. When he goes into rukur, this is a second state of humility. Third state of humility is what? Sajda. When he goes down to the ground, only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the third state of the person that he goes down 
for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if it were alif lam meme. Meaning the alif is the qiyam. The lam is what? The ruku' The meme is what? The sajda. Alif lam meme. Meaning uh, this is, these are the three states of humility which a person only has for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, when he stays hungry in the fast from dawn to the evening, only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, when he wears the cloth, the ihram, abandoning stitched clothing, abandoning shaving the hair or cutting the hair or paring the nails, all of this abandoned for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, iyyaka na'abudu. And we only seek your help. As if to say that when we worship you, we only seek your help that you enable us to worship you. Why? Because in this is a refutation of both groups. One group which negates the human free will. What is the human free will? Acquisition. According to Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, Acquisition is referred to as al-kasab. Al-kasab is what? Acquisition of an action. We have kasab. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created within us an ability to acquire actions. That we exercise the acquisition. So we say, But then there are a group of people who say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not create the actions. So the Quran states, which means what? And we seek your help that we cannot acquire these actions unless you create them for us. So there is a refutation here of what? Of the Jabariya. The Jabariya and the, uh, the Jabariya, they said there is no free will. Everything we do, we are forced to do. But the Quran states, no. We only worship you, meaning we have free will. Then when we, when the Quran states, there is a group of people that say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not create anything of the actions of human beings. But the Quran informs us that we must say, وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ And we only seek your help, meaning isti'ana is talabul aun, seeking the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to carry out those actions. That the isti'ana, which is seeking help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates within us the ability to do those actions. Additionally, there is the, the creating the environment around us that encourages us to carry out those actions. So, Then, Again, a person asks for hidayah, guidance. What is guidance? Guidance, you have two types. One is someone can tell you, Iraq. Ira uh, is what showing you the way. Ira tariq He'll show you the way that this is the way down the road. But there is something al isal il al taking you down to the destination. The first one, human beings, they can guide you. They can say this is the straight path. This is what you do in order to attain guidance. But the only one who can take you to complete guidance is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, which is. Guide us to the straight path. Now here, some people say, is there not a negation of free will? The answer is no. Once a person exercises his free will to adopt guidance, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases him in guidance. When a person adopts the wrong path and misguidance, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases him in misguidance. What 
is the meaning of ihdi. Ihdi is what? Guide. Meaning a command. But here we do not command Allah. So uh, uh, the amr, the, the imperative here means what? A supplication. Oh Allah, guide us. Ihdina, na being what? Guide us. As-sirat al-mustaqim. Here as-sirat is a path. Al-mustaqim is that which is what? Istiqama. And they say, Al-istiqama fawq al-karama. Al-istiqama is what? Staying steadfast. Meaning as if to say, I have realized and I know that there is what? An ilah, a, a God, meaning Allah, and he's Rabbul Alameen, and he's Ar-Rahman, and Ar-Rahim, and he's Maliki Yawmiddin, and I acknowledge that Iyaka na'budu, I only worship you, wa Iyaka nasta'een, and I only seek your help. After acknowledging this, ihdina as-sirat al-mustaqim. Keep us firm on the straight path. Now here, as-sirat al-mustaqim, the straight path, is not something tangible and physical. But the tashbih, the likeness is given of as-sirat al-mustaqim, firstly, which is uh, something which we understand with our minds, but it is also something spiritual, being likened to as-sirat. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, تَرَكْتُكُمْ عَلَى مِثْلِ الْبَيْضَاءِ I have left you on something, a clear white path. لَيْلُهَا كَنَهَارِهَا Its night is like its day. لَا يَزِيغُ عَنْهَا إِلَّا هَالِكَ No one deviates from this path except someone will perish. Meaning the Quran and the Sunnah is clear in its guidance. This hadith is narrated in the Sunnah of Ibn Majah in the Muqaddimah. So, Asirat al-Mustaqim is this straight path of what? Of guidance, meaning istiqama. That once we reach the iqan certainty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala existing and his divine attributes, and we know the ahkam, because Surah Al-Fatiha has the entire Quran. How? Because when we say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin. This is all the knowledge of the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'in. This is the knowledge of the ahkam. All of the ahkam. And similarly, the iyaka na'abudu is also knowledge of what is known as maqamul ihsan. The state of perfection. That the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam said, An ta'abud Allah that you worship Allah as if you see him. And ta'bud Allah. Note, ta'bud. Same as, iyaka na'budu. And ta'bud Allah, that you worship Allah, meaning you realize your innate neediness to Allah. And ta'bud Allah, ka'annaka tarahu, as if you see him. Fa'illam takun tarahu, that if you do not see him, then know that, فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكْ That he observes you at all times. So muhasaba also. Maliki yawmiddin. So all of this is contained within Surah Al-Fatiha. Then they say all of this is contained in the, bismil, the basmala. Meaning Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. And all of this is contained in the ba. What does that mean? All of this being contained in the ba. As if to say that the ba. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informing us. Be. Meaning with me. With Allah. You will know all of this. Meaning the ba entails what? Be, meaning ba and ya. Be, meaning with Allah. 
you will only ever know this. This is what the meaning of the entire knowledge of the Quran is in the ba. Meaning with Allah alone, you will ever or, or ever know all this knowledge. So, Guide us to a sirat al-mustaqim. One more meaning of al-mustaqim is the middle way. Because Islam is between ifrat and tafrit. There is extremism or complete laxity in other religions. So if you observe uh, Judaic theology, you will find extremism in their ahkam, in their legal rulings. If you observe Christian theology, you will observe laxity in their ahkam, in their legal rulings. In Islam, you find what? Wasat, meaning ummatan wasata is what? The middle nation. That the ahkam are in the middle. There is no extremity in, in all the ahkam. So this is the meaning of as-sirat al-mustaqim. That you, we have ihdin as-sirat al-mustaqim. Then we are told sirat al-ladheena an'amta alayhim. Which path? Sirat al-ladheena, the path of those al-ladheena. An'amta alayhim. This an'amta, that those you, whom you have favored, an'amta, the meaning of this, those who are, you have favored, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed his favors upon. Who are those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed his favors? Firstly, is al-anbiya alayhimu salam. Then as-siddiqeen. Then as-shuhada. Then as-salihin. So al-anbiya, as-siddiqeen, as-shuhada, as-salihin. Al-anbiya, all the anbiya alayhimu salatu wa salam. Sayyidul Anbiya, Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As-Siddiqeen. From As-Siddiqeen, Sayyidu Siddiqeen. Sayyiduna Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu anhu. Then As-Shuhada. From the Shuhada, Sadatu Shuhada, Sayyiduna Hamza, Sayyiduna Umar, Sayyiduna Uthman, Sayyiduna Ali radiyallahu anhum ajma'in. Sayyiduna Al-Husayn, Sayyiduna Al-Hasan radiyallahu anhum. These were all Shuhada. But you have other shuhada. Then as-salihin, the rest of the companions like Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah radiyallahu an. All of these companions, alayhi muridwan, that is the sirat al-mustaqim, meaning sirat al-ladheena an'amta alayhim. Those upon whom you have conferred your favor. What is this favor? The greatest favor is favor of iman. That a person has what? Husnul khatimah, a good ending. That a person should always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala husnal khatimah, good ending and a passing away on iman. Sirat al-ladheena an'amta alayhim. Ghayr al-maghbubi alayhim waladdalleen. Here, we know that the Surah Al-Fatiha is seven verses. Those who include Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim as a verse, they do not stop here. So, where it states, Sirat al-Ladheena an'amta alayhim, ghayr al-maghbubi alayhim waladdalleen is one verse. Those who do not count Bismillahirrahmanirrahim as a verse, but they count it as a divider, they say, this Sirat al-Ladheena an'amta alayhim is a verse, and ghayr al-maghbubi alayhim waladdalleen is another verse. Now, what is the meaning of غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين? Meaning, 
we asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we beseech Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he keep us on a siratul mustaqim, sirat al-ladheena an'amta alayhim, the path of those whom you have favored, but ghayr al-maghdubi, not those upon whom there is anger. Al-maghdub is someone there is anger upon. Waladhalim, and neither those who have been misguided, who are misguided. In the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, we find that one of the groups that is mentioned, غير المغضوب, المغضوب is the Jews, al-Yahud. Waladhalim is al-Nasara, Christians. But this is one specific group from al-Maghdub and one specific group from al-Dali. Why were they al-Maghdub? They were al-Maghdub because they had knowledge and they did not act upon their knowledge. And why were the Christians al-Dalin? Because they had no knowledge and they were misguided. But does this mean that the Dalin are not Maghdub? The answer is no. The Dalin are also Maghdub and the Maghdub are also Dalin. But one trait became dominant on the group, so they became described as Al-Maghdub. And the other group, another trait became dominant upon them and they became described as Dalin. But for the Muslims, does it mean that the Muslims cannot fall into Al-Maghdub? The answer is no. If we, Billah, adopt the traits of Al-Maghdub, then we can fall into Al-Maghdub. How a person has knowledge, he does not act upon the knowledge. A person is ignorant, he falls into a dali. So when we say, غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين, Oh Allah, save us from being from al-maghdub. Those who have knowledge of the Quran, they have knowledge of the sunnah, but they do not act upon it. And then save us also from being a dalin from those who are misguided. How are they misguided? That they have ignorance and they do not act upon the Quran and the Sunnah. So the meaning of غير المغضوب عليهم والضالين is general also and specific. Specifically to Al-Yahud and Al-Nasara. But the general meaning is what? That we do not adopt the traits of those groups, those people who carry books like a donkey, but do not act upon what they know. And likewise, we do not be from those people who are totally ignorant. They do not know what the Quran contains, what the Sunnah contains, and they do not act upon it. So when we seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we say, غير المغضوب عليهم Now, the khitam, generally, what people recite afterwards is what? Ameen. Ameen is not in Al-Quran Al-Kareem. It's from the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That after reciting Surah Al-Fatiha, we say Ameen. What does Ameen mean? Ameen is ism fi'l, which is a verbal noun. It's a noun which has the meaning of a verb. It means istajib, oh our Lord, respond to our prayer. It is as if it's a khat, a seal. <coughs> that after reciting Surah Al-Fatiha, we seal the prayer. We seal it in order to say what? That our prayer be answered. And Surah Al-Fatiha is very comprehensive in the sense that it contains everything that we need. This is why Surah Al-Fatiha is a cure for everything. This is why Surah Al-Fatiha is a dua for everything. And a Shaykh, a Shaykh Al-Akbar, 
Sheikh Muhyuddin Ibn Arabi, rahimallahu ta'ala, he mentions with his chain of narration that anyone who recites Surah Al-Fatiha, meaning with the intention of sending the reward to the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, in one breath, with the Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, insha'Allah ta'ala, his needs will be fulfilled. Why are his needs fulfilled? We know from one hadith that every time a person recites, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to him. Then when he says, Ar-Rahmanir Rahim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to him. By the time he gets to, Ihdina Sirat al-Mustaqim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ask for what you want. And the person recites, Ihdina Sirat al-Mustaqim, Sirat al-Ladina an'amta alayhim, this is a comprehensive dua. Why is it a comprehensive dua? That when you ask to be upon the straight path, then istiqamah, al-istiqamah, fawq al-karamah. Meaning being on the path of the Quran and the Sunnah is above karama, which is what miracles which may occur at the hands of some people. Istiqama is above karama. Then you ask for the path of those upon whom you have conferred your favor, which is the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam and those who follow him from the Anbiya, Siddiqeen, Shuhada, Salihin. And then after that you say, Then we enter Surah Al-Baqarah. You enter the, the longest chapter of Al-Quran Al-Kareem, which is a madni chapter of Al-Quran Al-Kareem 287 verses. This chapter, Surah Al-Baqarah, some of them have said that it contains 1,000 commands. 1,000 commands. 1,000 prohibitions. 1,000 mawa'id admonitions. This chapter now is referred to as Fustatul Quran, the tent or the camp of the Quran. Why? Because it contains the most ahkam, the most legal rulings, the most qasas, Stories, the most mawa'id admonitions. So the Surah Al-Baqarah is a Madani chapter. What does Madani chapter mean? Madani chapter means that it's a chapter which was revealed in Al-Madinatul Munawwara. There are numerous chapters which were revealed in various places. Some of the chapters were revealed in Makkah Al-Mukarramah. Some of them were ch- revealed in Al-Madinatul Munawwara. Some of them were revealed Barzakhiyan between the two. Some of them were revealed in the heavens. Some of them were revealed in the ghar, in the cave. Some of them were revealed in various places. Why in so many different places? As if to say that the earth was calling out and the various places of the universe were calling out, Oh Allah, give me the virtue of some of the Quran being revealed upon me and give me the virtue of the sandal of your Prophet wasallam to touch me. Inshallah, next week we will continue with Surah Al-Baqarah and the starting of Surah Al-Baqarah. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي.